Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of All the Books is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders. Bag your bookish perks with a 14-day free trial of Book Riot Insiders. When you sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription, you'll get the first 14 days free. You can wishlist upcoming releases you're dying to read, get exclusive podcasts and newsletters, enter to win swag, and best of all, access the new release index, which is curated by our very own Liberty Hardy. It'll help you keep track of the most exciting upcoming books. So come on in. Your bag of bookish perks is waiting. Go to bookriot.com slash insiders to find out more. That's bookriot.com slash insiders. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 186, and today we are talking about some of our most anticipated books of 2019. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. You're listening to All the Puppies, a weekly (laughs) show of enthusiasm regarding the week's new puppies. Yeah, I'm highly qualified for that show now. Do tell! (laughs) Well, we have welcomed a new member to Team Shinsky this week. He is a fluffy potato beast, also known (laughs) as an eight-week-old golden retriever, and his name is Jasper. Oh, he's so cute! (laughs) Yeah, if you are into gratuitous puppy content, I do recommend my Instagram. He's (laughs) so cute. He's really sweet. Um, It's been, well, Millie died back at the end of March, and it's been a while now, and you know, we've, Bob and I felt the puppy parts of our heart coming back online. (laughs) We're ready for another four-legged friend in the house. Um, so we're really happy to, to have, to have, you know, all the lightness and silliness of puppy things happening around the house again. And, you know, like I spent the entirety of Saturday standing in my backyard in the rain off and on and then toweling him off, um, (laughs) doing, doing potty training. But the upside of that is that a fluffy golden retriever puppy who gets towel, towel dried like half a dozen times in one day gets even fluffier. (laughs) So by the end of the day, he was just like this cloud walking through the house. And I was like, you know, it's not that bad that it was rainy all day and I was just cold. It's He's fine. made of Angel's chest hair. <laughs> he is. Hold him up to the microphone so we can smell his puppy breath. <laughs> He's real soft. They were giving him a bath in the sink when we picked, like right before we picked him up. And um, I was joking about like, Tresemme, ooh la la. <laughs> He's so cute. Yeah, he's really sweet. We're having a good time. He's over in his crate right now being quiet. Um, hopefully that good. will last. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are, you've been keeping me updated on him, you know, as you've been waiting to get him. And we were talking about him a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. and I made this noise when you were like, oh, let me text you a picture. Like while we were talking and I made this noise. And, and after we were done our call, I went out and 
Pete was like, you only could have seen a small animal by that noise that you made. And I was like, you're right. It was a puppy. That's so funny. Bob follows a bunch of dog accounts on Instagram and he has like a certain face that he makes when he's watching a dog video. I'll look at him on the other end of the couch and be like, oh, you're watching a dog video right now, aren't you? Oh, puppies. Yeah. Yeah. All the puppies will be here, you know, 24 seven now. Awesome. I'm glad we're talking about upcoming books because I have gotten no reading done. I'm too busy staring at this baby. Well, Um, because of the way the holidays fall this year, we will be gone off like for two weeks. So um, we usually do our our, um, preview show like the last episode of the year, but we're not going to be around. So um, we're going to do it now. And we're just going to, it was so hard to choose, but I'm so glad that you picked so many that I'm excited about. So I got to pick other ones. And we're just going to, it's like a lightning round, just drop a couple titles and tell Mm -hmm. you a little bit about them. Yeah. And then what, next week you and Jen will do the best new books for December for the whole month. Yeah. And then I think the episodes on December 11th and 18th will be two-part best slash our favorite books of the year with all four of us hosts, me and you and Jen and Maria Christina. Yep. Yeah. And then we'll be off. We would otherwise have episodes on Christmas Eve and, or on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, but we will be taking the holidays off. It's Mm. so strange. Like, uh, I've done all my reading that I have to do for, like, the next six weeks, so I, I'm off script and I'm free to do whatever <laughs> I want. So I was all excited on Saturday morning. I was like, I can read whatever I want this weekend. And my brain is kind of like, you have to approach it like a new horse every time. <laughs> like, you have to come up to it slowly. And I was just like, I'm going to read books. So instead I watched uh, seasons five and six of Parks and Rec again on Saturday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday yeah. I spent seven hours sticking <laughs> stickers to the top of my desk. <laughs> I, and I was like, that didn't know, go well. <laughs> the same thing happens to me where it's like, I don't have assignments anymore. What should I do? And I always get at the end of the year, I get the same, like, I'm going to read whatever I want. But then like, so I've been looking at the puppy, but also I have watched the entire new season of The Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Um, and I have been reading Becoming by Michelle Obama for the last two weeks, not because there's anything slow about it, just because everything is happening. Um, so eventually I'll figure out, you know, yeah. how to read again. But I guess we should start talking about Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to kick it off. <laughs> okay. It was, oh, so excited. This book is so good. Uh, it is Bowl Away by Elizabeth McCracken. It comes out on February 5th. Uh, she is my favorite author. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I say that. When I, I interviewed her husband, Edward Carey, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he wrote Little, one of my favorite mm-hmm. books of this year. And I was like, I know it's kind of tacky to ask you about your you know, marriage, but um, you're married to my favorite author. No offense. So can we talk about her? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, of course, she's my favorite too. He was very yeah. nice about it. But she's just amazing. She wrote The Giant's House and Thunderstruck was her most recent uh, collection of stories several years ago. This is her first novel in over a dozen years. It's so exciting. It's about three generations of a New England family who own and operate a candlepin bowling alley, starting with Bertha Truitt, who is a woman found uh, sleeping in a cemetery. No one knows who she is or where she came from. She's not saying anything. I imagine it like the long kiss goodnight in a bowling alley. Um, It's not (laughs) quite like that, but I was excited to think that. Um, and it's fantastic. I have read it. It's fantastic. And also very excited that uh, Echo is reissuing her short story collection, Here's Your Hat, What's Your Hurry, I think in April. So that's Bowl Away by Elizabeth McCracken. I had that on my list, but I knew you would come for me if I took it. <laughs> <for this episode. laughs> that and my next book, I was like, please don't take these. 
<laughs> All right. My first pick this week is this is the only one um, on my upcoming look forward to is that I've actually read. It's Deep Creek, Finding Hope in the High Country by Pam Houston. She is one of my favorite writers, whether it's fiction or the memoir infused fiction or just straight up essays. And this is a memoir about life on her huge ranch. She has like 100 or 120 acres, really high up in the Colorado Rockies. She bought the ranch right after her getting the advance for her first book um, when she knew like nothing about running a ranch or raising animals or living basically in the wilderness. But she learned everything living out there and raised herself and the animals that she has lived with, you know, sort of raised her. Um, It's just a gorgeous meditation on solitude, on our relationship with nature. Um, She had a really, really difficult childhood. So there are trigger warnings for um, sexual abuse, for parental abuse, and for neglect. Um, Know that going in. She looks at those things uh, very straightforwardly and talks about them very openly. Um, And she talks about how getting away to this place where she's, it's very remote, um, very high up. They get a jillion inches of snow every year, um, helped her heal and really come into who she is in the world. Um, there's this wonderful line that I think I, I was on vacation in the mountains in um, North Carolina when I was reading this. And the line is, how do we become who we are in the world? We ask the world to teach us. And I just, I loved it. I'm rambling. This is not a lightning round. I'm sorry, Liberty. Um, but I just, yeah, I love Pam Houston. Um, if you are interested at all in our relationship with nature, especially, um, as climate change is happening, um, and what that might mean for how do we have wonder for the world and also grieve and be concerned about what's happening. Deep Creek, Pam Houston, it's coming out January 29th. Okay, my next book. This was the one I was like, please don't talk about this one because I want it. Oh, yeah. I know, I, I know like, I look, know nothing about it, really. Uh, it's the new Colson Whitehead. New Colson Whitehead coming in July. It's called The Nickel Boys. It comes out on July 16th. Uh, Colson Whitehead, you know, wrote, most recently, The Underground Railroad, which won the Pulitzer, the National Book Award, the Andrew Carnegie Medal, like a million other things. Uh, this one is about two boys who are sent to a hellish reform school called Nickel Academy in Jim Crow era Florida. That's all I know about it. And, like, one of them, they have, like, differing views on how to behave in the world and how that's going to serve them while they're there. But, you know, Colson Whitehead! I just get <laughs> so excited! So that's The Nickel Boys, and it's by Colson Whitehead. All right. Um, my next one is An Orchestra of Minorities by Chigozi Obioma. It comes out January 8th. Chigozi Obioma, of course, is the author of The Fisherman, which was one of our mutual favorites and Book Riot favorites and like reading world favorites of the year a couple of years ago. Um, this is set in Nigeria and it's narrated by a chi or guardian spirit. Um, it tells the story of a young poultry farmer whose soul is ignited. I'm just reading jacket copy here. Um, when he sees a young woman attempting to jump from a, high, a highway bridge. He is horrified by her recklessness and joins her on the roadside. And then things happen. Um, I love Chigozi Obioma's way with words. The lyricism of his language um, just has stuck with me since The Fisherman, and I cannot wait to see what this second novel is going to be. My next pick... Oh, yes. I'm like, where are we in the list? Here we are. <laughs> uh, my next pick, I actually have uh, read this one. In, I love that I got a manuscript. It's called Body Leaping Backward, Memoir of a Delinquent Girlhood by Maureen Stanton. It comes out July 16th. Uh, Maureen Stanton was basically a wild child. She grew up in the 1970s in a Massachusetts prison town. She grew up next to Walpole. And she was raised in a large Catholic family, but uh, her parents split up 
and uh, they kind of go astray. Everyone becomes a little wild. Her mother uh, sinks into a life of crime, uh, and Maureen became addicted to angel dust, which is like no one talks about angel dust anymore. You know, like it's it was crazy. To no, but this. I remember it from Dare in yeah, elementary of school. Course. And I have to say, um, so I got this book uh, when when I was at Neba. This the sweetest rep, like one of my old reps from the bookstore. She's just the nicest lady. She's like, I have this book. I think you're really gonna love it. I read it and it made me want to do angel dust. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh boy! <laughs> it was hilarious. She's like, That's how that's how compelling and convincing it was. And it was it was fantastic. So again, it's called Body Leaping Backward: Memoir of a Delinquent Girlhood by Maureen Stanton. All right, before we roll on, let me tell you about our sponsor this week. It's Faking It, The Lies Women Tell About Sex and the Truths They Reveal by Lux Alptron. When we talk about sex, we talk about women as mysterious, deceptive, and above all, get your side eyes ready, untrustworthy. Women lie about orgasms. Women lie about being virgins. Women lie about who got them pregnant, about whether they were raped, about how many people they've had sex with, and what sort of experiences they've had. The list goes on and on. Over and over, we're reminded that on dates and in relationships, and especially in the bedroom, the world does not think that women are telling the truth. But where does this assumption come from? Are women actually lying about sex, or does society just think we are? In Faking It, Lux Albatrom tackles the topic of seemingly dishonest women, investigating whether women actually lie and what social situations might encourage deceptions both great and small. She uses her experience as a sex educator and the former CEO of Fleshbot, which is the foremost blog on sexuality, firsthand interviews with sexuality experts and everyday women to trace and or, sorry to raise important questions. Are lying women really all that common, or is the idea of the dishonest woman a symptom of male paranoia? Are women trying to please men or just avoid their anger? And what effect does all this? dishonesty, whether it's real or imagined, have on women's self-images, social status, and safety. Through it all, Alptrom posits that even if women are lying, we're doing it for very good reason, to protect ourselves, and in situations where society has given us no other choice. So you can check out Faking It, The Lies Women Tell About Sex and the Truths They Reveal by Lux Alptron. Alptrom, it's out now in paperback. You can pick it up wherever books are sold or click the link in our show notes. Well, all right. Okay, on to other things that are interesting for ladies and probably all kinds of people. My next pick is So Here's the Thing, Notes on Growing Up, Getting Older, and Trusting Your Gut by Alyssa Mastromonaco. You may remember that she had a memoir out last year called Who Thought This Was a Good Idea about her time in the Obama White House. And this is a follow-up. It's a book of reflections, essays, and interviews on topics important to many young women, ranging from politics and career to motherhood and sustaining all kinds of relationships in the age of social media. So in addition to like bringing information from her own experience, which like who thought this was a good idea, did such a beautiful job, I thought, of weaving in her personal stories and memoir stuff with bigger life lessons. And she's going to be doing that again in Who Thought This Was, or sorry, in um, So Here's the Thing, but also it has interviews with people like Monica Lewinsky and Mindy Kaling and Janet Mock and Cecile Richards to bring in more modern women's perspectives. So that is So Here's the Thing by Alyssa Mastromonaco. It comes out March 5th. My next pick is Trust Exercise by Susan Choi. I love a book coincidence. 
they happen all the time to me, and I just find it so delightful. So when I was at NEBA, uh, Gabe Habash, who wrote uh, Stephen Florida, t- uh, posted on Instagram about this book. He said, it, it, this is going to be my favorite book of next year. I can already tell it, or something like that. And I was like, ooh, I- I'm excited to read that. And then I walked into the NEBA showroom, and there it was right there on the table, like the first thing that I saw. And I was like, it's a sign that I need to read Trust Exercise. It takes place in the early 1980s in the suburbs about two freshmen named David and Sarah... And the blurb doesn't really give you that much about it, and I don't want to say that much about it in case, you know, something happened. Like, I don't want to give anything away. But it basically says what you might think happened between David and Sarah might not actually be what happened, but it might also be the truth. (laughs) And in the last part of the book, all will be revealed. All Um, right. And so I haven't read it yet because it just... It sounds amazing, and I think it's going to ruin my life. So I'm, I'm like waiting for the moment that I'm ready for that. But I'm so excited to read this book. It comes out on April 9th, and it's Trust Exercise by Susan Choi. All right, that sounds great. Um, my next one is the Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls by Anissa Gray. It comes out February 19th, and it's pitched as the Mothers Meets an American Marriage, which is kind of all I need to know about it. Um, it's a debut novel about mothers and daughters, identity and family, and it deals with this family um, called the Butlers, who have had some you know trials and tribulations, but there's a literal trial that is going to change their lives. Th- they and their community are stunned um, when the eldest sister and her husband are arrested and no one is sure what happened or what didn't happen. Um, and that is all I know about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls by Anissa Gray. My next is Gingerbread by Helen Oyeyemi. We love her. White is for witching. Voice no bird. She's fantastic. Uh, this one is about a family legacy which deals in gingerbread. Apparently this family is very well known for their gingerbread recipe. And a daughter in the family sets out to find her mother's long-lost friend, who seems to have always played a part in her life somehow, and is the gingerbread's biggest champion. And can you guess what her name is? It's Gretel. Ginger? Oh. Yeah, Gretel. Close, though. That was a good one. Um, So, yeah, so amazing. Very excited. Gingerbread, Helen Oyeyemi, out March 5th. Awesome. Uh, so my next one is That Good Night, Life and Medicine in the 11th Hour by Sunita Puri. Um, she is the American-born daughter of immigrants, and the only ways that she could relate to her parents when she was a kid were through medicine and spirituality. Um, her mom was an anesthesiologist, and she had a bunch of conversations with her parents about their faith as she was growing up and was trying to reconcile the tension between medicine's job to try to extend and preserve life and um, the acknowledgement that life is temporary, that spirituality brings with it. Um, And she eventually became a palliative care doctor. And this is um, stories from her family and the patients that she cares for looking at the role of medicine in end-of-life care. Um, This is something that I just think is a really interesting and important part of life that we don't talk about much, and I'm excited to get another perspective. So this is That Good Night, Life and Medicine in the 11th Hour by Sunita Puri. I hear a puppy! (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a puppy in the other room who's not too pleased about being by himself right now. Oh, well, hold on there, little guy. We'll be done soon. 
My next pick is The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa, translated by Steven Snyder. Comes out August 13th. Ogawa wrote The Housekeeper and the Professor, Revenge, Eleven Tales, and this, I don't have a galley, um, but I, reading the copy, is a dark Orwellian novel about state surveillance. It takes place on an unnamed island off an unnamed coast in which things start disappearing. Animals, flowers, ribbons, bells, photos, and then body parts. Ooh. So I was like, I'm on board. I'm so on board. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me now. So that's The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa, translated by Steven Snyder. All right. Coming out March 26th is Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily Nagoski. Um, normally, I probably wouldn't pick up a book about dealing with stress cycles. I'm pretty chill. But Emily Nagoski wrote a wonderful book a couple of years ago called Come As You Are about women's sexuality that I just thought was terrific and did a really nice job of marrying sociology with psychology and neuroscience. And I'm looking forward to seeing what she does here to explain why women experience burnout differently than men do and to provide simple and science-based plans to help women minimize stress, manage emotions, and live a more joyful life. And who doesn't want that? So that's Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily Nagoski. I'm very excited for her next book. Yeah, it's going to be great. So excited. My next pick is Lady from the Black Lagoon, Hollywood Monsters, and the Lost Legacy of Millicent Patrick by Mallory O'Meara. Now, full disclosure, Mallory is a good friend of mine, but I want to prop her up because she's done an amazing job. She yes, has a starred review from Publishers Weekly, and this is like her passion project, and I'm so happy that she finished it. It's about Millicent Patrick, who was one of Disney's first female animators and also the only woman to have created a Hollywood classic movie monster. She came up with a design for the creature from the Black Lagoon, but due to jealousy on the part of her male co-workers, she was pushed out of the spotlight and they took all the credit for it, and she died in obscurity. And Mallory has always been interested in her story and finally went after it to find out what happened to her, and she's telling her tale. So again, this is The Lady from the Black Lagoon, Hollywood Monsters, and The Lost Legacy of Millicent Patrick by Mallory O'Meara, and it comes out March 5th. All right. I think that we have a puppy who is about to turn into a pumpkin, so I'm going to get speedy here. <laughs> um, my next one is Queenie by Candace Carty Williams. And this is a novel that's pitched as a blend between Bridget Jones's Diary and Americana, which also is an excellent, like if the, if those comparisons are accurate, I'm here for this mashup. Um, it's about a woman named Queenie Jenkins. She's a 25-year-old Jamaican-British woman who's living in London, straddling two cultures and not really fitting into either one of them. She works at at a national newspaper where she is forced to compare herself to her white middle-class peers. And after a messy breakup with her longtime boyfriend, who was white, she starts seeking comfort in all the wrong places, including several hazardous men who do a good job of occupying brain space and a bad job of affirming self-worth. Um, sounds like a fun and insightful read. I loved Americana, and I like the whimsy and sort of surprising depth of Bridget Jones's diary. So I'm really um, hoping to get to this blend again. That's Queenie by Candace Carter. Williams comes out March 19th. My next pick is one of the most anticipated novels of 2019. It's Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James, the first in his Dark Star trilogy, which is being pitched as an African Game of Thrones. Okay. Out, right? It's fantastic. It comes out on February 5th. There are lots of names and places, but there was a glossary in the front because I was like, I'm not going to remember any of this. I'm just too excited. My brain was skipping <laughs> everywhere. But it's so great. It's about a mercenary named Tracker who is hired to find a missing boy. So that is Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. 
All right. Next up is Sing to It, New Stories by Amy Hempel. Comes out March 26th. Wouldn't be in all the books if I didn't talk about a short story collection. And this is Amy Hempel's first in more than a decade. So this is a huge literary event. She is a master of the short story, has won a bunch of awards. And these are 15 new stories that um, are said to show her at the height of her powers. So Sing to It, New Stories by Amy Hempel. My next one is The Heartbeat of Wounded Knee, Native America from 1890 to the Present by David Truer. comes out January 22nd. I was really excited to receive this because after reading There, There by Tommy Orange, I read about so many things in that book, even though it was a novel. There was a lot of history of Native Americans in the last century, and I had not heard of like any of it. So this is... Uh, from 1890 to the present, because David Truer, uh, he grew up Ojibwe on a reservation in Minnesota, and he was trained as an anthropologist, and he started researching Native American people in the last 130 years, because a lot of history books sort of stop in 1890 after the massacre at Wounded Knee. Like, that was it for the Native Americans, and they don't discuss them anymore. So he wanted to tell the story of the Native American people in the last century and a half. So that is The Heartbeat of Wounded Knee, Native America from 1890 to the Present by David Truer. Comes out January 22nd. All right. My next one is Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. It's by Caroline Criado Perez. Comes out March 12th. Um, She is a feminist activist, and this is an examination of how a gender gap in data perpetuates bias and disadvantages women. We talk about how data is just like fundamental to the modern world, and it's involved in economic development and healthcare and education and public policy, and we use numbers to make really important decisions. But so much of the data and the way it's analyzed fails to take gender into account because it treats men as the default and women as atypical. Um, So bias and discrimination are baked into our systems. And this is one of the things that we talk about when we talk about systemic sexism. Um, And women pay tremendous costs for that bias. And this is a look at the root of gender inequality in data and in public policy in many places. And um, an expose that will change the way that we understand these things. So that's Invisible Women by Caroline Criado Perez. And my last pick is Lost Children Archive by Valeria Luiselli, who is just amazing and brilliant and everything she does is so inventive. I just love her so much. Uh, This one is about uh, parents and their young son and daughter who go on a road trip from New York to Arizona. uh, And along the way, the crack in the parents' relationship starts to really show as the trip progresses. Um, I haven't read it yet, but two booksellers and an editor told me it was their favorite book of next year already. So, oh. Yeah, very excited. So that's Lost Children Archive by Valeria Luiselli out February 12th. And I am just realizing that I lied at the top of the show. I have read two of my picks this week. And the last (laughs) one is Southern Lady Code Essays by Helen Ellis. She had a hilarious um, short story collection called American Housewife out a couple of years ago. And this is um, essays that are are very like memoir-y. She is a Southern lady who has spent most of her life in New York. And she's very familiar with the like, bless your heart way of um, throwing shade. Uh, There are great pieces in here about friendships, about social etiquette, um, about being proper and not so proper. And just it's just hilarious. I read it on a flight a couple of months ago and was just dying laughing at how sharply and correctly she gets Southern culture and sort of the nuances of the ways that Southern people, especially Southern women, 
communicate. Um, and there's this profane edge to all of it that's just so much fun to read. So that's Southern Lady Code by Helen Ellis, and it comes out on March 16th. All right. Um, and so, yeah, that's it for our, our preview. I'm going to have one of those fabulous 101 books you should check out coming out next year uh, for the first six months of 2019 going up on the site in a few days. So that's always exciting if you wanted some more titles. I do just want to mention briefly, we don't actually know much about these books, but there is a new Jamie Attenberg novel coming at the mm. end of next year called All This Could Be Yours. The new Erin Morgenstern, that was a huge announcement. It's called The Starless Sea coming in November. And we don't even know the title yet, but there is a Ta-Nehisi Coates novel Ooh, coming novel. at the end and of next year. I would be remiss not to mention that my dear friend and wonderful writer Megan Mayhew Bergman has her first novel coming out next year. Um, yeah, she's yeah. had two collections of short stories that we have loved, and I am so excited to read that. So those are the books that we are excited about, some of them. Mm -hmm. What are you going to read next? I have absolutely no idea, and I, feel, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> and I feel kind of great about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to read I Miss You When I Blink, Essays by Mary Laura Philpot, um, because it's one of my most anticipated books of next year, and she is just hilarious online and so wonderful. I love the title, I Miss You When I Blink. I mean, so adorable and just wonderful. And I got to meet her at the National Book Awards, and she was, like, the nicest person I've Aww. ever met. So I follow her on Instagram, and she does just seem wonderful. Yeah. She just exudes wonderfulness. Like, she's just amazing. So Like, southern lady warmth and yep. just charm. All right. Well, Lib, that is our show this week. You can find links to all the books that we've talked about on this episode of all the books in the show notes. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Bookwright Insiders. Go to bookwright.com slash insiders to get a t free two-week trial and to Faking It by Lux Alptrom. It's out now wherever books are sold. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Of course, if you have something to say to us, you can do that at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. My Instagram handle is the same as that if you are, you know, looking for puppy pictures. Jasper. Liberty can be found on Twitter at Miss Liberty. And if you'd like to give us a little tip for the holidays, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books coming out next year, I literally have like a spreadsheet of 700 already that I'm oh excited goodness. about. So... Yes, a lot. Um, you, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime. And in the meantime. <laughs> happy puppies. reading. Puppies. Oh, happy reading. <laughs>